Good morning and welcome to First Presbyterian Church of St. Albans. We're glad that you're here worshiping with us today, either here or at home. And we hope that you've had a chance to look through the bulletin that was emailed this week or that you may be picked up today. Uh, a few things to point out. We have one more week of Wednesday night Bible study that's going to take place. And so even if you've not had a chance to, to meet with us so far, we'd really <clears throat> appreciate it if you wanted to spend some time with us this coming Wednesday. So it's, it's open. Uh, we talk through... Uh, we talked through several parts of the Old Testament. You can take a look that if you really want to join us, you can read the book of Leviticus, Ezekiel, and Jeremiah. You've got three days to do that. So uh, if you want to do that with us by Wednesday, we'd love to have you be a part of that with us. Also, the next huge thing on our agenda is that we're going to have Vacation Bible School. And hopefully you've heard about that. Hopefully you're going to take some time to be here and volunteer with us. But I'm going to invite Elder Holly to come up here and talk to us a little bit more about something else with VBS. So we are so excited to be able to provide Vacation Bible School this summer, and especially in person. It's always been such a huge part of our ministry here at First Presbyterian Church. And even so, that, that last year we, we made the decision to do an online Vacation Bible School. Um, and also having a new pastor who is equally as excited about Vacation Bible School as we are um, is really helped to energize us. Um, but as you all know, it's also exciting now that people are starting to venture out together and we can gather as a church family once again. Um, sorry, I wrote down a few notes that I wanted to make sure I got everything. It's been a, it's been a challenging year, obviously, especially as a church family and the children and in the community which is another reason we felt very called to make sure that this Vacation Bible School was as big and, and, and the best that we could possibly provide, given our limited numbers. Um, but we know people have already stepped up and are, are energized about providing this to the community. Um, with that being said, you know, we have seen a significant decrease in member tithing and pledges this year, which is making it more difficult for us to be able to, to put on these outreach ministries like Vacation Bible School. And so that's why we really need your help, not only your, um, 
your physical assistance in helping at Vacation Bible School, but also financially. With all we have planned, we are unfortunately already under or over budget. Um, we are wanting to, we were, we're asking for additional funds. Of course, we've, we're trying to do as much of this outdoors as possible, weather permitting. Uh, we have a tent, we've, we're renting a tent uh, so that we can do as much outside as possible as, along with outdoor worship on that Sunday. So that's very exciting. So that is a huge expense. We're also wanting to provide meals, which has always been a very important part. Um, definitely gives parents <laughs> some relief uh, and, and an, an additional reason to bring their kids to vacation Bible school. Um, and then we are also wanting to provide some additional entertainment and games and things on that Sunday, which we're kind of holding off on until we can secure additional funds. So um, just asking that if you can reach deep uh, and consider giving generously this year so we can get out into the community and we can share God's love with these treasured children. We really appreciate your support. Thank you. I will say it's really exciting to me um, that we're one of the only churches in St. Albans that is doing hosting a vacation Bible school that's planned so far. So hopefully that uh, provides an opportunity for kids to come here and learn about how much we love Jesus and that we love them as well. Let's now prepare our hearts to worship the living God.
I was going to say a short prayer. Dear God, thank you for the musical talents of this church, which bless and uplift us every week. We are so treasured by the gifts of music in this congregation. Please join me in the call to worship. This is from Psalm 92, verses 1 through 4. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night to the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the lyre. Yes, sir. He sings for you. Come, let us worship the triune God. Now I invite you to stand for our gathering hymn, God the Sculptor of the Mountains.
Please join us in the passing of the peace. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And also with you. The call to confession this morning comes from Hebrews 4, verses 12 and 13. The word of God is living and active. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And before God, no creature is hidden, but all are naked and laid bare to the eyes of the one whom we must render an account. Therefore, let us confess our sins to our Lord and our God. Please join me in the call to confession. Gracious God, our sins are too heavy to carry, too real to hide, and too deep to undo. Forgive what our lips tremble to name, what our hearts can do no longer bear, and what has become for us a consuming fire of judgment. Set us free from a past that we cannot change, open to us a future in which we can be changed, and grant us peace to grow more and more in your likeness and image. Through Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Amen. Amen. Friends, hear this assurance of pardon that comes to us from the Old Testament. See, I have set your sins as far as the east is from the west. Though your sins may be as scarlet, I have washed them white as snow. The good news in Jesus coming to earth is that he has separated us from our sin. Our old life is gone and a new life remain. So know that you have been forgiven and be at peace. And pray also for me, a sinner. Amen. seated. Our first reading this morning is from the book of Ezekiel, chapter 17, verses 22 through 24. Thus says the Lord God, I myself will take a sprig from the top, the lofty top of a cedar. I will set it out. I will break off a tender one from the topmost of its young twigs. I myself will plant it on a high and lofty mountain. On the mountain height of Israel, I will plant it, in order that it may produce boughs and bear fruit and become a noble cedar. Under it, every kind of bird will live, in the shade of its branches will nest, winged creatures of every kind. All the trees of the field shall know that I am the Lord. I bring low the high tree, I make high the low tree. I dry up the green tree and make the dry tree flourish. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will accomplish it. The word of the Lord. be seated and at this time I invite the young children forward for a children's sermon.
Okay, I brought a package of seeds with me today, and I'm going to sprinkle a little bit of these seeds in your hands, okay? And we're going to talk a bit about these seeds. Okay, so who wants a seed? Okay, now, tell me about the seeds in your hand. They're brown. Okay. They're itty-bitty, aren't they? How many seeds do you think that I gave you? Can you count them? You got 11, okay. You got how many? 13, okay. How many did you get about that many? I think I gave you more than them, didn't I? Yeah, okay. So now, here's what's crazy about these seeds. They're really, really, really tiny, right? You can almost barely see them. But they grow into these big, flowery, bushy things like that. Okay, and you can still plant them right now. And they, they, it's a little bit late for them, but based on the words on the back of this paper, they're supposed to grow and they're supposed to be pretty until the fall. Okay, so if you want to plant, if you want to save those seeds, you can take them home with you and plant them. Okay, but the reason that I did that today is because when Jesus was trying to describe what, the, what heaven is like, he said it's like a mustard seed. Now, I couldn't find mustard seeds, but I found these. And these are about the same size as mustard seeds. And they grow to about the same height as a little mustard plant grows. And back in the day when Jesus was your age, mustard seeds were kind of like a weed. They grew so prevalently that they just flourished and flourished and grew all over the place. The, the tallest that they ever got was maybe four or five feet tall. And so Jesus in, is trying to explain to the disciples that this is, this is going to grow so rapidly. The kingdom of God is going to grow so rapidly that it's, that it's going to be something that changes the color and the landscape of our, of our time and our place. And so I think that's what flowers do for us. Flowers give us a gift that we can appreciate for a while, and they grow, and they grow really quickly. And Jesus talked about how the, the farmer would plant that plant, and then almost within a few nights, a little sprig would pop up from the ground. And he said, that's like the kingdom of heaven. That's how Jesus' love, love grows in each of us and how it spreads to other people. That's the cool thing about this plant is it's going to spread out and get a little bit bigger than those little clumps of seeds. And so it's a really hard thing for us to try to understand, but my hope for you is that you'll save those seeds and you'll go home today and you'll plant them. And then when they become this beautiful white flower, you'll say, hey, that's like the kingdom of God. It grew out of nowhere, and now it's gorgeous. Do you think you'll remember that? Well, tell me about it if you do, okay? All right, let's pray. We'll pray for our seeds, and we'll pray for the kingdom of heaven, okay? Let's pray. Dear God, you rock, and we love you. And we're so glad we can catch seeds to help us grow plants. We thank you, Lord. That that's what you said is like the kingdom of heaven. Please help us help grow your kingdom. We love you. Amen. Okay, go sit down.
for blessings. We pray for peace, comfort for family, protection while we sleep. We pray for healing, for prosperity. We pray for your mighty hand to ease our suffering. And all the while, you hear each spoken need. Yet love us way too much to give us lesser peace. Cause what if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're near? And what if trials of this life are your mercies in disguise? We pray for wisdom, your voice to hear. What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're near? And what if trials of this life are your mercies in disguise? When friends betray us, when darkness seems to win, we know this place. For the achings of this life is a revealing of a greater thirst this world can't satisfy. And what if trials of this life, the rain, the storms, the hardest nights, are your mercies in disguise?
The Gospel reading for today comes to us from Mark chapter 4. We're going to read verses 26 through 34. Hear God's holy word. Jesus also said, The kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow, and he does not know how. The earth produces of itself first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once he goes in with his sickle, because the harvest has come. Jesus also said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable will we use for it? It is like a mustard seed, which, when sown upon the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds of the earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs, and puts forth large branches, so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables he spoke the word to them, as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them except in parables, but he explained everything in private to his disciples. May the Lord add understanding to the reading and hearing of his holy word. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, we thank you this day for your story. We thank you, God, for the way that you interact with us through your Spirit's work in the form of story. God, we ask that you would give us another understanding this day. All this we ask in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. I, uh, I like to use idioms and similes and metaphors when I'm speaking. It's, it's something that my family of origin did growing up, and it just kind of stuck with me. Um, some of my friends are amused at some of the things that I say, um, which then only encourages me to, to use more of those things. Growing like a weed is one that I heard often from distant family members who would travel in or we would travel to see when I was a child growing up. Um, but other ones that I'm sure you've heard as well, you know, some, so-and-so is about ready to kick the bucket. It's raining cats and dogs. It's hotter than the hinges of Hades that went through something like Grant took Richmond. Now we're standing in the tall cotton. Have you heard those expressions before, right? Okay. So West Virginians get this stuff. But, you know, it's interesting that not everybody comprehends metaphors, similes, and idioms. Um, I'm a big fan of the Marvel movies that are out, and I'm especially drawn to the character of Drax from the Guardians of the Galaxy. And if you've seen that movie, uh, you know that his species uh, does not understand idioms, metaphors, or similes at all. Right, And so there's one specific time where somebody's trying to explain something to him, and he uses a little bit of a parable, and another character says, you can't speak to him that way, it just goes over his head. And Drax immediately comes in and said, nothing gets over my head, I am fast human, don't speak to me like that again, right? And it's absolutely hilarious, and I love it. And, and it, throughout the entire movie, it's played to humorous effect. But it's been said that because English speakers historically have used idioms and similes and metaphors, that that's one of the reasons our language is the most difficult language to learn for people that aren't native English speakers. Trying to use those analogies sometimes helps in translation, but oftentimes it simply makes it more complicated to understand. And I wonder if that's one of the challenges, at least that I have, with today's lection. This story immediately 
uh, preceded by the parable of the sower. And then so Jesus expands on this kind of agricultural theme in our lesson for this day. The kingdom of God is like a person who throws seed upon the earth. And so Jesus here is comparing the kingdom of God to someone that throws seed on the ground. Now this is not the same parable about you know throwing seeds in different places and some are grow and some don't this is literally just scattering them out onto the earth and the words that are used here is is a little bit it's a little bit unique as far as i'm concerned because the word that's used for thrown here is bale and bale kind of means like pitching a baseball like you're throwing it with force and then the seed is upon the earth and the the phrase there in greek means that it kind of becomes one with the earth. The kingdom is planted in the earth and becomes part of it, and the earth then takes that seed from there. The farmer, the thrower, can go to sleep at night and rise the next day and do that multiple times, but the earth bears the fruit automatically. The growth of the kingdom of God is inevitable. That's the point. Having sown the seed in the first place, the farmer can do whatever he pleases at that time because God's kingdom will just grow. Still, though not obvious at first, the seed grows irresistibly. And Mark gives a very specific you know, section description here of the stages of growth in what appears to be a wheat plant. The kingdom will reach its full flower. And when the fruit, fruit is ripe, the man sends the sickle because the harvest is near. And this is a way that Mark kind of sneaks in a little bit of a prophecy from Joel. You can look this up later if you want to. Joel 3.13, put the sickle for the harvest is ripe. Mark almost takes that word for word and throws it into his text. So despite its small and maybe even secret beginnings, there is a harvest that is guaranteed and assured. And again, note, there's nothing here about chaff being thrown into fires or axes at the root of trees. This is simply exponential growth. The farmer just throws a seed, it grows, and there's a harvest. The inevitable growth of the plant, the development of the fruit, and the reaping of the harvest are just a natural outcome of God's kingdom of heaven being on earth. And then he goes into this story about the mustard seed. I'm, I'm certain that this is not the first time you've heard the parable of the mustard seed. Now the mustard seed is identified as the least of all seeds. And the, this is so cool, I think. I'm a dork, but I think it's cool. The, the Greek word there for least is microteron, which is how we get our English word micro. And so with any help, the mustard seed grows up and becomes ginome. Guess what word we get out of that? Right? Ginormic. That's not really a word, but that's okay. Which means come into being or is born in such a way. It comes into being as the greatest of all herbs. Now, some translations say smallest seed into the greatest tree. That's just not accurate, right? That's not a great translation. And you got to remember, when that was translated, that was people that lived in England who were used to trees. Mustard really grows kind of in the Far East and the Near East and the Middle East. And so they weren't really familiar with the specific mustard seed, mustard plants. So they made it a tree, which they had heard about. And that's not really what's happening here. 
The mustard seed is what Jesus is talking about that grows into the mustard plant. And just like I told the kids earlier, there, this, is, this is not something that we can really comprehend. I kind of think of it like Queen Anne's Lace that you can just find anywhere in the state of West Virginia, right? You know Queen Anne's Lace? We know that. This means yes, this means no. Yeah, okay, good. So that's kind of what, what mustard grows like, in, at least in, in parts around Israel. And so we have, this, we have this challenge here that our first reading from Ezekiel today talks about how birds will live in the shade of the branches of the mighty cedars. But Jesus doesn't invoke the mighty cedars here. Jesus talks about almost a common weed that does go to seed, and it is able to be spread naturally, and it grows everywhere. Never more than five or six feet, but it grows everywhere. And so I think the comparison here between our two, our two readings is really, really telling. The kingdom is not about something grand and big like a cedar. The kingdom of God is something ordinary and common like a mustard plant. It is not the smallest of seeds. The text doesn't say that it's smallest. It says it's microtron, right? It's, it's small. It's the least of the seeds, not the smallest. Least meaning most common. And when it grows up, it's the most impressive. It's the greatest of all herbs is how that should always be understood. Now, think about mustard. If you get really, really good mustard, you want to gag a little bit, right? But you know you've gotten really, really good mustard. <laughs> but it's also this weird thing like, who wants to be the greatest of all herbs? I think that's hilarious that that's the way that Jesus is kind of using this parable. It's like the tallest midget or something like that. I don't, I don't know why he says the greatest of all herbs. It's just weird to me. But herbs are not known for their impressive size or their imposing presence. Herbs are known for their aroma, for the flavor that they add to what it is that we take in as nourishment. Herbs are not grandiose. They might impress, but they don't impress because of how big they are. They impress because of their sharpness and their zest. But even here, the mustard plant will be so plentiful that its branches will be able to hide the birds of the air. And they're able to rest. Now, really, what the translation should be is birds of heaven. But we get birds of the air because our birds fly in the air. But really what's there, it's the kingdom of God can have a place where the birds of heaven can lay and rest. Its greatness is its commonality. And its sharpness is in its ability to grow like a weed. One of the things I love most about Mark's gospel is that in it, we find out almost every time we read about the beloved community. And the beloved community is not organized hierarchically. It's the radical reversal of hierarchy, where the last are first and the first are last. It's the beloved community which is on a spiritual journey, and it's exemplified 
by respecting the human dignity of all people, especially the poor and the downtrodden, the people who would have to go out and pick those weeds to use those to flavor their foods. It walks on the way of the cross, not the way of the glory. This is the radical nature of the kingdom of God. It grows in ways that we least expect it to grow. And its growth adds color and flavor. It's a commonly held security and protection. We couldn't and likely wouldn't use this same parable to speak about the kingdom of God if we were asked to describe this in our own minds. If I ask you to put on paper, describe to me your idea of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, you would not say a mustard plant unless you just wanted to be the teacher's pet, right? I often heard growing up that the kingdom of heaven is streets paved with gold and pearls and angels singing and trumpets blaring and things like that. And that's great. That's the new heaven from Ezekiel. I get it. Maybe it is like that. But Jesus simply didn't say that to us. Jesus said, it's a simple yellow painted field what some may call weeds, but upon closer inspection, it's actually a gift for others to enjoy. It's not about being grandiose. It's not about the exponential outcomes. It's something that other people look at and say, wow, look how awesome that mustard plant is. As Christians, sometimes we want far greater than what we actually need. And I mean that salvifically and worshipfully. Let us hopefully recognize how the kingdom of God is enhancing our own lives in order that our lives may be a powerful gift to someone else. That, I think, friends, is the kingdom of God in full bloom. And when that happens, it grows like a weed. So let's embrace this notion and allow the kingdom to grow within us and let it be a gift to someone else. Let's do this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Now let us stand and declare what it is that we believe in the recitation of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, He rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. It's now time for us to be seated. It's now time for us to continue our worship by the giving of our tithes and offerings. We're still not yet passing the offering plates around, but if you have an offering to provide for the church today, we ask you to do that on your way out um, into the fellowship hall. And those of you at home can click the link and donate that way.
Let us pray. Holy God, we thank you so much for the many gifts and blessings that you give to us in this life. Lord, as we return a portion of these gifts to you now, we ask that you would use them for your meaning and your benefit to grow your kingdom here on earth. We thank you, Lord, for the donations we will receive to help better the Vacation Bible School this year. We ask all these things in the name of your Son. Amen. You may be seated. One of these days I'm going to forget to have you sit down and we're just going to pray all the way through the prayer dedication into the Lord's Prayer, but not today. Let's bind our hearts and minds together as we lift our petitions to our Lord and to our King. Holy God, we thank you so much for everything that is a gift to us in this life, but especially, Lord, the gift that you are, knowing us by name, calling us your own. Your ways are not our ways, but you are our God, and we are your people. We are forever thankful, Lord, that you have called us to be part of this covenant community. We thank you, Lord, for your mysterious ways, and we ask, God, that you would be patient with us as we learn to discern your will for our lives. We come to you this day, Lord, with petitions, requests, burdens, joys, We pray, Lord, for those who today are thankful for receiving great test results. We pray, Lord, for those who are awaiting other test results. And we pray, Lord, for those who have received results that are not the most amazing news they've ever heard. We pray this day, Lord, for mothers who will sadly have to make decisions about their children. We pray, Lord, for people who may want vengeance against someone that has sinned against a loved one. We pray, God, for those who are battling disease and affliction. We're thankful, Lord, for the healers in our community. We're thankful, Lord, for those that you have empowered with the gift of healing. We thank you, Lord, that they have that knowledge and the willingness to help be healers. We're thankful, Lord, also for those whom you've called to be leaders in the community. We pray this day, Lord, for our president, for our people in the Senate and in the House, for our state and local leaders, for our governor, for our mayor. Anywhere, Lord, where we are under someone else's government, we ask, Lord, that you would be patient with them as well, that they would listen to your still small voice. We're thankful, Lord, for those whom you call to be educators, and we're thankful, Lord, that they can receive a small break after such a trying year. We're thankful for our children, for our students, for our parents and grandparents who help in that process. We're thankful, Lord, for the gift that summer is for us. And as we are on the cusp of a summer, we ask God that you would bless us with a healthy and safe summer. We pray, Lord, for all the children who will be a part of our vacation Bible school this summer. We pray, God, for the volunteers, for those in leadership. For anyone that helps with any part of this, Lord, we thank you that our church is willing to host a place where children can learn about your love and your grace. And in doing so, Lord, we hope that we are becoming like the mustard plant. We pray, Lord, that it is a contagious planting, that children will come to know and love you. God, because we are a community of faith, we pray for those who are seated to our right and to our left in front of us and behind us. And in the stillness of this moment, Lord, we pray for ourselves. 
Holy God, we are amazed by your grace and the glory of your ways. We thank you so much that you sent your son to earth, that he showed us how to live and taught us also to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now as you are able, please stand for our closing hymn, a hymn of promise, as we meditate on these words. It was rather difficult as a child to be told that I was growing like a weed because my family were, you know, amateur gardeners and I knew what they did with weeds. So as a child, it was a little bit disconcerting to hear that that's how I was growing, that they were just going to pick me up and throw me away, right? I, that was my job. I was the person that had to take weeds to the to the garbage bin. So even in that phrase, you had to figure out, you know, after a bit of, of growing up, maybe even my parents explaining it to me, that that's not quite exactly what that means. And sometimes I have that experience with the Bible as well. Sometimes I read something in the Bible and I think, well, I think that's what this means, but I'm not quite certain. And I think that's the beauty of being in a community of faith, that we can come together and we can struggle and try to understand what it is that God wants us to comprehend from God's Word. So hopefully we can be patient with each other as we learn that process, and hopefully in some way the love that we have for each other and for this community begins to spread like mustard seeds. Now receive the blessing of the triune God, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. May it be with us all until we meet again, either here or as glorious kingdom come. Amen and amen. Happy Sunday.